Welcome back to Fridays at Work, and it has been a minute, actually by minute I mean a while, since we've been on your computer device or wherever, phone, wherever you're listening to us on. I'm Drew Moldenauer, Brennan Trimble, and Nathaniel Benke are joining us, and it has been some time. Guys, how does it feel to be back? I'm feeling pretty good, uh, coming to you from Berlin, Germany now, no longer in the Czech Republic. Uh, just moved into my new place yesterday, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to be back on the pod. Yeah, I'm right there with Nate. Um, excited to be back talking to you two. Uh, I'm in Minneapolis, so since we've had the pod, I've moved. Nate's moved. Uh, Drew, I'm sure you've moved around. I have moved quite a bit around. It's been yeah, exhausting. Exactly. So, so uh, good to be back after a few weeks off. Uh, excited to dive into some uh, pretty big news stories today. Yeah, the fun, I think we've said this before, but the fun part about taking a few weeks off is when we come back, we have a ton to cover. And the things we're going to be covering tonight are big stories. You have the the Kavanaugh hearings um, that are going on right now. And I believe um, by the time this airs, there still won't be a resolution. Am I right on that? By the time, if this comes out on Friday, there still won't be a resolution to that. When do they vote? No, the vote's next week, isn't it? Next week. Next Monday? next I don't know if they've scheduled. Okay, but never mind. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. We have a ton of sports to talk about. Um, I know we touched a little bit on the NFL in week one, but now we're in week four and some teams are doing well. Hint, hint, the Bears. Some teams are doing average. Hint, hint, the Packers. Some teams are doing poorly. Hint, hint, the Vikings. And then we have to talk about baseball. Uh, playoffs going on right now. Joe Maurer had his last game as a Twins as a twin, and then the most exciting thing, at least for me, is the fact that the NBA is almost here, and we need to talk about Jimmy Butler, because we have not talked about that yet, and I feel like we've been waiting to not do the podcast so we can just get some news on Jimmy Butler and break it down, but we haven't gotten anything, so we're just going to hope by the time this airs on Friday he hasn't been traded, but knowing our luck, he'll probably just be traded for a washing machine by then at, one, at that point. So... We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to be right back here on Fridays at Work. Thank you guys all for joining us today. This is Fridays, Fridays, no, Fridays, yes, Fridays at Work. I am Drew Moldenhauer, Nathaniel Benke, Brennan Trimble, and our mission here is to give you all the talking points so you can participate in your Friday at Work conversations around the water cooler or whatever you guys gather around and chat about and sports is always a big thing that comes up. And now that we have the NFL back, I feel like every conversation I have at work revolves around the Vikings, Packers, or NFL. And specifically, it's been kind of a big, at least, news cycle for um, Minnesota sports in general. You've had the Vikings struggles. You've had the well-documented uh, issues with um, Jimmy Butler and the dysfunctional Minnesota Timberwolves. And you just had the Twins finish up their season, which was most likely Joe Maurer's last game. And Paul Molitor, the Minnesota Twins manager, got fired today. So let's start with Minnesota sports. Let's go with the Vikings first. The Vikings started have started the season with one win. They currently sit behind the Packers and the very surprising Bears. And we'll get to them in a little bit. Brennan, let's hear it from a Viking, the Vikings fan on the podcast. What's wrong with the Vikings? Well, I think there, I think there's two things here. I think you can't overlook the fact that their offense is like top five in the NFL. Kirk Cousins is clicking with his receivers. Um, their offensive line doesn't get much push, or so the running game isn't very strong. But their offense is a force to be reckoned with. The surprising thing and the disappointing thing, and the reason they're bad, is that their defense 
has been very poor. Um, a lot of blown coverage in from the linebackers and in the secondary. Uh, Anthony Barr looks just bad. Thankfully, we haven't paid him yet, and hopefully we won't. Um, there's been some injuries at our starting cornerbacks. cornerbacks. Um, so we've seen a lot of uh, Hughes and whoever the other corner is coming in to help out on the other side, uh, and they haven't been great. So uh, the defense has been disappointing. The offense has looked pretty good. Hopefully the defense turns it around. Um, Mike Zimmer obviously is known as a kind of defensive mastermind. Um, and now that he has this offense to work with, hopefully the defense can, rent, can turn around or otherwise we're just going to be able to put up 30 points, but lose games like we saw last week. Yeah. And the interesting part about the Vikings schedule to start the season is they were going up against potentially probably three or three Super Bowl contenders with the Packers, Eagles and Rams right away, which is tough sledding. Um, and I think it would have been okay if the Vikings went 0-3 and they tied the Packers. That's okay. And if they would have gone 0-2 for the Rams and Eagles, it's not the end of the world. But the fact they lost to the Bills, the Buffalo Bills, who were probably the worst team in the NFL by a long shot, is the um, reason that now there's almost a panic button. But Brennan, as a Vikings fan, are you hitting the panic button yet? No, not yet. I want to give it a few more weeks. Um, I've enjoyed watching them. They've been entertaining to watch, minus that Bills game, I guess. Um but when they've shown up and competed, they've uh, made it at least interesting. Obviously, that Packers game, they lost because the kicker missed three kicks. That's not on the offense or the defense. That's on one person. Um, last week, the offense was a lot of fun to watch. It's been fun watching um, Adam Thielen. Uh, it's just as long as if the defense can get it together is the question. So I think I give them a few more weeks before it's what is like not throw in the towel and stop watching, but realize that the Super Bowl dream is – likely uh dead and now we're gonna be uh chasing from behind yeah the vikings actually i'll, I'll talk about the vikings offense um they have a very potent offense uh, in terms of passing the football but they're scoring so quickly it's not giving their defense any time to any time to rest so the defense is on the field for a lot of the game and that's not helping and the other thing is that i think they rank like 31st in rushing yards per game i think they had 15 against the rams like 15 total that's a problem. I mean, you see the teams that win Super Bowls and go deep in the playoffs. They're balanced teams that can run and throw the football. Any takes on the lack of run game? Is Dalvin Cook still a little rusty from his injury? Or Yeah, I think you see, or Nate, do you have any thoughts on Dalvin Cook? No, uh, I, I mean, I, th I think sometimes when you have a pass-happy offense, you just kind of forget about the run game. That often happened with the Bears uh, with Matt Forte, and people often wondered why they wouldn't hand the ball. Yeah to him more often when he was such a dynamic player. But, you know, if you're passing, well pass. Yeah, and I think the other side of it is this offensive line can't get any traction to m make a run game develop. And if Dalvin Cook, who was out in 80% the last two two games, um, you're handing it to Latavius Murray then, who's fine as a backup, but probably not going to get you 100 yards a game like Dalvin might be able to if he's on the field. I know we we're talking about Minnesota sports, but let's just keep it in football. Nate, the Bears and Packers are currently sitting – the Bears are sitting atop the NFC North. The Packers are uh, right behind them. The Bears should be undefeated at this point, or there's a ch they, they should be like a game and a half up on the Packers if they wouldn't have lost. What is going on with the Bears? Are they for real in your opinion, or is this just a, a hot start? Um, well, 
It hasn't been the hottest start for the offense. Uh, really, until last week, they didn't look that great, other than on scripted plays. They always scored on like the opening drive. Uh, but the defense um, has been mm-hmm. absolutely outstanding. And when you consider that Khalil Mack wasn't actually in football shape until possibly this previous week, and he's forced to fumble in every game. Um, he's been by far the uh, yeah. NFC defensive player of the season so far. I think he's been the MVP of the season so far. I, I mean, him and Patrick Mahomes over in Kansas City, but I would say there's an argument to say that he's not just the defensive player of the year, he's the MVP at this point. I mean, the, the way he's changed that Bears defense is ridiculous. And... Uh, John Gruden's just got to be hitting himself in the face. What an asshat. Yeah. Well, how do you, tr- I mean, that's a once in a generation player. Yeah. And like it turned an already great defense, like top 10 defense into uh, arguably the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. And that's, the Bears have been a very uh, a surprising addition to a, a pretty competitive NFC. And then you go to the Packers. I'll give my, my takes on them so far. Um, Last week they played the Bills 122 to nothing. The firing of Dom Capers was the best thing the Packers could have done in the offseason. Uh the new defensive coordinator, Mike Mike Patine, I believe is how you say his name, has really changed things up. Uh there's some rookies that are making plays. And I mean, seven sacks. I know it was against the Bills and Josh Allen, but I don't think I ever remember a, a Packer team since maybe 2010 that's been able to do that. So uh, it's going to be interesting going forward. I think all three of these teams, and the Lions aren't a bad team either. Uh, so the NFC North is going to be an interesting battle going down the road here. But any final thoughts on the NFC North? I got nothing. Um, oh, I, I was going to say, I think the Bears finished like 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, You know, I think the offense... A lot of positivity coming out of Chicago. Well, I mean, considering we've had... Yeah. Many many bad seasons in a row, like losing seasons. Eight and eight wouldn't be that bad. That yeah. sounds nice. Uh, I think the low yeah. expectations make the season more enjoyable. I was hoping for a Super Bowl four weeks ago, so now I'm just sad for the next <laughs> uh, thirteen weeks. Speaking of setting low expectations, let's move to the NBA, where the Minnesota Timberwolves, a team that last year traded. All of their young, good young players for a guy by the name of Jimmy Butler, who was supposed to save this team and this franchise. He leads us to the playoffs. We're ready to ramp back up for year two of Jimmy. We lock Cat into the deal, and then Jimmy is Jimmy hates us. Is that a, is that a um, is that a a fair assumption? He hates us. Uh, it seems like he has no interest in playing any more time for the Timberwolves. Um, that is how I would, he does not want to be here long-term. He doesn't want to be here short-term. Uh, he has been both, uh, forward and then now frustrated with the organization for not moving him after he told them that he wants to be traded. Um, yeah, so he's not happy. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, there was always the rumors of him not wanting to re-sign until Jimmy, the Jimmy situation was resolved, I believe is how it was said. Um, but I think, uh, the word resolved really meant was moved to somewhere else. Not resolved. um, It'll be interesting to see now. Minnesota has no leverage for a trade. Uh, they haven't, they have an owner and a GM who are not on the same page about what to do with Jimmy. 
uh, and they have a locker room that's just very unhappy. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's, I don't know, it's frustrating, disappointing, embarrassing, not great. Not great as a Timberwolves fan. It's incredible, actually. The fact, the fact that the this festered all the way up to the point of, hey, we're two weeks from the season, our best player now wants uh, a trade. And the fact that a trade hasn't gotten done yet. The fact that Tom Thibodeau has refused to trade him. I mean, the, he, there is actually a chance that Jimmy Butler plays for the Wolves this year. Because if Jimmy Butler sits out the season... His contract will, I think the term is toll, and he'll have to be on the Wolves again because this year won't count. So he has to play. So there's actually a situation where Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, and Towns have to share the court together. How uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, and it's not that far away. Middle of October is when the season starts, isn't it? Yeah. Nate, you, you're a Bulls guy. Did Was Jimmy ever goofy like this in Chicago? Yeah. Yeah, I. Uh, this is how he. This is how he left Chicago. Yeah, he's like not great in locker rooms that don't have his head on him. Yeah, the the last season of him being in Chicago, I was waiting for him to leave the entire time. Um, yeah, and when the Wolves decided to trade that uh, that Wiggins was off the table and that it had to be Levine, I was like, oh, we're we're gonna get the better deal out of this. Like, Stop it! Levine is not better than Wiggins. That might be a bet. That might be a. They're both shit. They're both yeah, getting paid too no, much. Not shit. Not shit. But getting, they're both being both overpaid. Yeah, but Levine's getting overpaid by half as much as Wiggins is. Wiggins is. So I don't know. I would. Yeah. But you can't look back. At the time, it was the right move to make. Like I'm glad we tested the experiment. Yeah. We were in the third seed until Jimmy got hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it was the right top five it offense. Was the right move for both teams because Jimmy yeah. could no longer be on the Bulls because. He ruined that locker room. I think it's yeah, and from, I think it's interesting to see what the decision uh, will be for Tom Thibodeau is if Glenn Taylor fires him or not. Yeah, I don't think he's firing him. I think we're just it's I I just want to see a deal get done. I'm hoping by the time this podcast drops on Friday, a deal has been done. I mean we've we've seen the Heat, the Suns. The Nets, the Knicks, the now what was the rumor today? The Hornets. This is just um, it's it's a debacle. It's embarrassing. And the sad part is is this team is I still think can be pretty good after all this embarrassment and crappiness that's going on. If we trade Jimmy and we can get a, a decent starter, maybe a pick and maybe a young guy, I still think this team could be pretty decent. I don't know if they make the playoffs, but at least they'll be competitive. And and I don't even want to say that. I just want to be so upset with them that I can say, you know what, I'm a Bucks fan now. I want to be. They're like, oh man, I don't even know what to describe them as. But I just keep coming back to them. You know, like when you go to like this restaurant and you always get sick every time you eat the food there, but it was good the time you ate it. So you just want to keep coming back to it. That's how I feel about the Timberwolves. I want to keep eating the undercooked chicken because it tastes good, but then it makes me crap my pants later in the day. Piss me right off. Yeah, it's frustrating. Always kind of Minnesota sports thing, I guess. Speaking of Minnesota sports, uh, Minnesota Twins finished up their season. I actually had a, I had the chance to be at the game, and it was a special night because Joe Maurer, I, I got to believe, is officially retiring. They had a whole tribute to him. He played catcher in the ninth inning. He had his twin girls run out. It was awesome. He was crying. It was very emotional because I'm pretty sure I was at like the third game Joe Maurer ever played, and now I was at his last game. 
made me feel pretty old. I don't know. Joe Meyer, Joe Maurer retire, uh, retiring, bring any emotions out for you guys? I'm actually not a huge Joe Maurer fan, but it was uh, cool to see the kind of honor that the Twins gave him when letting him come in for catcher, letting his family be a part of it. Um, gave him the right send off for sure because he is a Minnesota legend from Minnesota, um, grew up here. So it's cool to see a hometown guy get that kind of send off. Yeah, so the Twins are done, and then today they fired Paul Molitor, uh, which I think everyone expected. A few people were upset with, but does this Nate? Does this open the door for Joe Maurer, the manager? I mean, maybe, um, or maybe another former Twin. You know, I think they really love to hire uh, kind of from within. Uh, so I, yeah, that I would like to see maybe not Joe Maurer, but someone else from. Uh, from that era come back the ghost of kirby yeah, puckett exactly the ghost of man if he wouldn't have died he would have been a nice fit maybe i don't know i didn't really know much about the guy but speaking of baseball nate your cubs what the heck i mean i mean they're still in it but they lost to the brewers how does that make you feel um i i mean a lot of cubs fans are going to be pretty upset but uh how upset can you be when the team who wins the division in a in a tiebreaker game uh, only lost seven games in September. Um, yeah, you know that's... the Cubs played really well down the stretch. They just didn't play as well as the better team. Yeah. So um, and you yeah. know how upset also can you be when you've made the playoffs now four years in a row? Yeah, so Cubs are in the playoffs. Did they got a run in them? Give us the the shortened, because I don't want to talk about baseball that much, but I do want to touch on it. But give us the shortened baseball playoff preview, specifically Cub version. Well, the Cub version, uh, assuming that they survive tonight's game, uh, would be probably a short-lived postseason. Because I I don't believe they'll win in five games against the Brewers. they just don't have enough pitching to do it, and their offense is too inconsistent. Um, whereas the Brewers' offense is on Let me fire. Ask- so I, I, I would see the Brewers going on uh, probably not to the World Series. I, I like either the Braves or the Dodgers um, over the Brewers. And then uh, I think ultimately either Boston or uh, Oakland as a wildcard team. Uh, will win the World Series. Uh, is Billy Bean still involved with Oakland? Moneyball? Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, They're still I, insanely good because of it. Okay. All right. Well, I hope Oakland wins because of Billy Bean. I like that movie. Um, and I like Brad Pitt a lot too. Uh, Nate, is this the first time in your life that the Bears have been in the first place in the NFC North while the Cubs are playing in the playoffs? Um, no. Maybe. I, mean, I don't know that you're not going to be able to remember all of the years that those lines I feel like he'd oh, just no. be tallying it on his wall. No, I don't I know. Maybe. I need to do a V lookup to find that out. <laughs> it is because it's the first time since 1989, the other day before they lost the division. Uh, it was the first time since 1989 that both teams were in first place in their divisions. Hmm. That's awesome. And I, I like that this is happening, and now you're just assuming that the Cubs are going to have a short-lived playoff and the Bears are going to finish 8-8. Eight eight. I love I love that you're lowering your expectations. Hey, after you win a World Series, why not lower your expectations? <laughs> it's easier to be happier that um, way. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Although, 
Cubs have never lost a playoff series while I've been in Berlin, so That's I'm a fair hoping point. that stays true here. He's got the he's got the 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 Germany. He's sending his vibes from Kaborka. Germany, but that's really that's really all I got from sport for sports here. We covered football. We cover, covered basketball. I, I know we didn't really touch on um, some of the other specific things like college football or actually I wanted one more thing to touch uh, to ask you guys. I'm sure you saw Earl Thomas flick off the 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 sidelines. What do you make of that? Well, can you give me a little bit more context? It was because he. He didn't so want to play because he thought he was hurt. They put him in, and then he got really hurt. Oh no, 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 no! So he is—he's a Le'Veon Bell situation. Oh, he's he's in the out? last year of his contract. He was holding out because he wanted a new deal, so he couldn't avoid something like mm-hmm. this. He gets hurt, and he knows it's a broken leg right away, and he's pissed because he—he wanted to get paid by the front oh, office. They said he was, I thought but he now, said he was holding out, not playing. Was this his first game? It was his. No, he was holding out for a bit. He's back oh, okay. now. So he came back, he was holding out, then he came back because he wanted to help his team, right? And then he gets hurt, breaks his leg. Gonna hurt his value come next Certainly. year because, I mean, it's a broken freaking leg. That that doesn't help. So he just lost an ass load of money. So his first thing is to flick off the, the sidelines. It's the same thing as Le'Veon. That's why Le'Veon Bell's holding out, to avoid a situation like that. Uh, and that happened. So any, any thoughts on that? That's why they should get paid more. <laughs> yeah. Or guarantee, yeah, guarantee the money. the money in football. I don't know. Football's football's a dying yeah. sport. I guess it's because the economics don't work because it's such a big team and yeah. a lot of costs. Yep. Um, but yep. yeah, that's what you, when you're dealing with when it's fifty to hundred million dollars on the table, in the difference of what your contract is going to be for yep. some of these guys. Maybe not that high for all of them, but millions of dollars certainly. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They should get the right to choose and that, too, but then they sacrifice the too, game checks. And, so it is what it is. And. And too bad for him, too. He's a great player. He's fun to watch. Um, So that is a bummer. But we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back uh, with a little – what are we doing? We're doing Brett Kavanaugh, the the pretty insane weeks. I mean, now it's a week situation uh, when he is – he's Donald Trump's uh, Supreme Court nominee. We're going to break down basically everything that's happened there. So keep it here on Fridays at Work. Welcome back to politics time on Fridays at work. We like to dive into sports. We like to dive into politics. And today we have probably the biggest news that has been going on in the, I don't know, I want to say last two, three weeks. It's now a three-weeker situation. Uh, Saturday Night Live got themselves involved uh, with a Matt Damon parody sketch. But it is Brett Kavanaugh. How do you say it? Kavanaugh or Kavanaugh? Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh. He is the Supreme Court Justice nominee who's picked by Donald Trump. He is currently under the investigation by the FBI for sexual assault. I think that's the way, yeah, sexual assault. And the vote to confirm him is currently delayed uh, for one week until the, F- and that's when the FBI needs to conclude their investigation. So, the interesting aspects of this story, this dude's life is now on the table. I mean, it's a very political thing. The Democrats are using basically any wrongdoing he's ever done in his entire life to, um, and I mean, he has done some stupid stuff. I don't, I don't think he's a very bright guy. But uh, one side of the table, the Democrats are using uh, every event in his 
past life to deny his credibility. And the Republicans are over on the other side being angry about it. And it's very pathetic and annoying from both sides. But then it starts coming out about the sexual assault and sexual misconduct when he was in high school and in college. And that's when things started to get serious. Nate or Brennan, you want to take it from here and kind of lay out what's happened since the Dr. Ford came forward to testify about her sexual assault? Nate, are you up to date on this? I'm not as up to date as I should be. Um, okay. Mainly oh. with the investigation. Oh, yeah. um, so they ended up testifying, both Kavanaugh and the accuser, um, Dr. Ford, a professor, um, ended up testifying in front of a judicial committee. Uh, they sat there for hours of questioning and um, both had very different demeanors. Uh, they both stuck with their the both the allegations yeah. and the denial um, under a, obviously under oath and the a penalty of perjury. Um, so they then decided that they would do an investigation lasting a week, like you said, uh, and that's where we are now. The investigation is ongoing. And one thing we do know for sure is that I, Brett Kavanaugh does and uh, has throughout his life liked beer. He does he like beer. beer. Yes. People forget that he does like beer. So I'm, I'm going to start there with Kavanaugh. That guy is not doing himself any favors. I mean, he's acting like a... I mean, if I were him, I'd be under a lot of distress too. I mean, if they were pulling out every skeleton, no matter how big, no matter how small, from my closet, yeah, I'd probably be pretty stressed out. But he's acting like a little child. I mean, he's interrupting people. He's obviously, I mean, he is very emotional. I'm embarrassed for him. I'm embarrassed for his family. And I'm not going to get into the fact of if he did it or not. But I will say he's not doing himself any favors by acting just like a monkey on, on this and uh, during these I mean they're on TV I mean if you haven't looked this up and seen some some of the things he's done or the way he's reacted I mean it's an eye roll here it's an eye roll he's interrupting people he's crying about how he likes beer it's pathetic yeah he was literally weeping uh, a couple of different times he stopped and started throughout uh the hearing um and I think there was a some counter I saw and it was like 11 or 12 times that he said like beer or I like beer uh, so, yeah, it was weird. Um, and then you see it contrast that to Dr. Ford's testimony. She came in. Yep. She was stoic, uh, stuck with her story, answered questions. Professional, professional like uh, questioning about a sexual assault. That's got to be uh, a very challenging uh, couple of hours for Dr. Ford and um, painful for sure. And she uh, took it with so much uh, more dignity than it seemed like he did. And he's supposed well, to be the Supreme Court nominee. And my problem is that she was the victim. She was a victim of something. I'm not, I, I don't know what it was. It, it, it could have been him. It could have been something else. She was a victim. But he's sitting there acting like he's the victim. Everyone's attacking me, blah, 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 blah. I mean, and, and the way she handled herself as an actual real victim who went some through something very traumatic. And the fact he's sitting there, uh, I, 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 you understand what I mean of him trying, he's acting like he's a victim. Agreed. It's, it's, I feel bad for Dr. Ford, where, I mean, that's just a, he's not doing himself any favors. Agreed. And I think then the other side of this that's so uh, kind of appalling to watch is just how our entire justice system 
is being yanked around for political games. Yeah. The fact that they held on to the that the Democratic Party held on to this letter until two weeks before the vote to then try and spring it on it to be pretty politically uh, good timing for them. Opportunistic. Um, the way exactly the way the Republicans are trying to deny an investigation, um, a full and complete investigation by the FBI, which is what should happen if we're going to nominate this yeah. person to the Supreme Court and he is being accused of doing these things. We should investigate them, no matter how, no matter what type of evidence they have now. Thirty-five years later, it's going to be tough. Um, but to at least bury the kind of disconcerts between groups, there should be an investigation. But the Republicans are trying to say that they were trying to say they they shouldn't have an investigation, um, so that they could do the Senate vote sooner before the midterms, where they'll likely lose votes. Uh, it's just disappointing for our country for the rights that people have and for the justice system that really holds a good portion of this country together um it's sad to see it just so blatantly disrespected nate you abandoned this country uh what are your thoughts on this um uh you know i i think if the republicans really want to get a justice through uh before the midterms they still have that option they could go with anyone on that list of, I think, 19 names. Uh, and I think they would get them through in time. But uh, the, if they continue with Kavanaugh, they might not be able to get a vote in on time. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see how long it, this this goes out. I mean, if, if, they're, if they prolong the investigation, which they could, um, but I, I mean, Nate, are, did they find anything else today? As of Tuesday night, I had the last thing I read is that Kavanaugh was once involved in a bar fight where he threw ice at somebody. I don't know if that's enough to go on to extend the investigation, but I haven't seen anything uh, prevalent that, um, at least today, that would extend the investigation and further, uh, I guess, deny the vote or um, I don't know what term I'm looking for. But Well, it's hard to know for sure because uh, the White House actually limited the investigation. Nice. Uh, it it had to be that they, they narrowed it to who they could interview, and things such as that. Um, when there are several other accusers, um, and those accusations they will not be looking into. So the investigation could definitely go a lot longer, um, and we don't know uh, the legitimacy between all the different allegations, but um. But I think it's definitely worth looking into when you're talking about uh, uh, a seat that you sit on for life. The The sad part is I don't even know if they're actually investigating the sexual assault. I think they might just be – they're just investigating to see if his story lines up. I don't think they're actually trying to solve that. I think they're literally just trying to make sure he's told the truth. Because if he did lie, then he shouldn't sit on a seat of – of for life like i mean it's i that's what bothers me the most is this person this woman came out braver than all hell and told her story and okay we're gonna look into this but they're not actually looking into that they're just looking into the fact all right let's find an inconsistency you know yeah yeah exactly just trying to discredit her as opposed to prove guilt or innocence of kavanaugh no, discredit either one yeah. of them. That's what they're looking for. They're looking. They're they're like, oh, we're gonna try and discredit him. Or we're gonna try and discredit her. We're not actually 
we don't actually have anyone's best interests in mind. We're just trying to keep our head down and do with what whatever. It's uh, that's the sad part to me. Yeah. Well, should we move on? Yeah, we should probably move on because every time we talk about politics on this, I get really upset. I don't. I really, yeah, really it don't. Sucks. It does. It does suck like a lot. Uh, but anyway, I the last thing I wanted our last segment here I want to talk about is I know we've talked about Amazon a few times here on this this podcast, but currently in one of my MBA classes, I'm reading a book about Amazon and we're talking about leadership styles. And it talks a lot about Amazon's leadership styles and leadership principles. Um, and how do you say his last name? Jeff Be- Be- Bezos? Bezos. 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 So they tell a story about Jeff Bezos when this guy, he starts and he goes into Amazon's headquarters. This is like in the beginnings of Amazon in like 2001. And apparently Jeff Bezos just bitched this guy out, like screamed at him. And the guy in the book talks about how he was on the verge of tears. And he's like, this is my first interaction with the CEO. And then afterwards, after he leaves, everyone's smiling at him saying that he he man that guy likes you jeff bezos likes you that's a really good thing that he just screamed at you like that my question to you guys is here we are almost 20 years later and that kind of yelling and screaming does not happen at companies do you think the way he did things back in the day was effective and why don't we do it now what um I mean, you don't see it as much now because everything is so public. Now, people, that would be all over videos, Twitter, everywhere. Video. It's such a turn on the blink or on the stop of a dime mob out there that people would come for anyone. So, um, just like Kavanaugh can't throw ice across the bar, Jeff Bezos can't be yelling at people. Yeah. Um, It's the same idea that there's a mob out there that will tear anyone down for anything at any time, and everyone is filming it literally all the time so um i think that has to temper a lot of kind of that extremeness and and they talk about how he has changed and he's dialed it back and it it, it, there's reasons it's not as effective anymore but i think it does have some merit when you have someone that brings fire in you but that's an interesting point that you make about the mob mentality of if that could every every like Every type of emotion can be construed uh, as like uh, as as a negative at this point. If someone's angry, well, that can be construed as well. He's angry at me for something that I I said or something that I did. It's you, you guys are right with the mob mentality. It just doesn't make sense anymore. Uh, Nate, I think. Oh, sorry, Brennan. Oh, I was gonna say back to the Bezos thing just for a second. Um, I think you asked if it was effective, and I guess the question would be I have for the author of this book is if those people didn't tell him around him, oh, good job, would he have left that meeting being demoralized and discouraged as opposed to uh, encouraged and engaged with his CEO? Um, So if the answer is he would have felt really engaged, obviously it might spur some action out of fear or um, kind of having the hammer put down. Um, But if he didn't have those people around him to say, hey, that's a good thing, that's like a good sign, and that's a motivating, I assume, for him after he heard that. Um, But if he didn't have that, then I think – yeah, Jeff Bezos could use some development in his effectiveness on how you communicate. It's not about what style is the most effective yeah. in as one style. It's what's the most effective for, for each person. How do you get the message across the clearest to each individual person? Nate, does getting screamed at motivate you? Uh, no. Uh, that, I learned that in uh, high school football. 
Yeah, it really. Got uh, screamed at a few times. Didn't play. Yeah, well, it was like a a pregame thing. They were trying to hype us up, and uh, I was like, "Nah, it's not for me." <laughs> so, what does motivate the Nate Benke? How does Jeff Bezos motivate Nate Benke? Um, I I mean, I do like his his strategy. Um, it's pretty cutthroat as far as how he goes against other businesses. Uh, he basically Cut drove price, orders price. out of business just by selling books under cost. Yep. Um, yep. And that ultimately, uh, that's what caused Amazon to get its first group of people, and then they started selling other things, and uh, that's how you become a trillion dollar company. Yeah. It, just some of the interesting things of how long and willing that they were willing to operate in the red. I mean, they they had. Some, I mean, there was one story where they were trying to get iPad. They just gone electronics, and there's a big back order on iPads that weren't going to be able to make 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 it there for Christmas to their consumers customers. So they actually went and bought a bunch of iPads just from Apple stores or not iPads, iPods from Apple stores at retail price. And they lost a crap ton of money, but it got to their customers on time, which was more important to them than being profitable, which that's why they're a trillion dollar company. I mean, they struggled for a while. Well, yeah, exactly. And all of that time, they were reinvested all of their money. They still don't even give out a dividend. Um, and they still very, very return a very small net income even today because they reinvest yeah. so much of their money back into the, growing their business. Yeah. It's very yeah. It's a very obviously. Nate, you said it's a little cutthroat, but yeah, mad respect for Jeff Bezos from a business side of things. I'm just certain that over the last 20 years, he's um, learned a little yeah. bit more about the leadership side of things as yeah, well. For sure. Well, that's all I got, guys. Fridays at work, we covered leadership styles of Jeff Be- Bezos, uh, Brett Kavanaugh hearings, and then a whole crap ton of sports. I'm hoping there's no Jimmy Butler trade by the time we drop this podcast because that would just make us look dumb and we'd probably have to do an emergency emergency pod. pod update that but we will be back hopefully next week if not we'll be back at some time so we will talk to you guys when we talk to you guys in the meantime if you want to interact with us you can find us on facebook twitter fridays at work um or nate are you expecting are you giving your address out at your apartment so people can write you letters if you want them to kind of romantic no No, No. they can at me on Twitter. All right, sounds good. Well, uh, you guys all have a safe weekend, and we'll see you when we see you.